Hey, Reach Paramount, welcome to our podcast. We really hope this message encourages and challenges you as you walk with the Lord every day. Enjoy this message. Good evening, Reach Paramount. You guys can all be seated. I just want to welcome you guys to our midweek service. I do have a special message for you guys. Uh, but before I get started, I do want to just open up in prayer uh, and ask the Lord to take over. Amen. So, Lord Jesus, I just thank you for this opportunity, Lord, that you have given me, Lord, to, to preach your word. I pray, Jesus, that you just open up the hearts of your people, Lord. Let us all receive, God. We know you're going to move in a mighty way, Jesus. But we just want to honor you, and we thank you for every opportunity we get just to minister your word, Lord. But I just pray that you move in a mighty way, Lord. Let us be changed and transformed in Jesus' name. Amen. How are you guys doing tonight? Amen. I'm excited for what God's doing uh, here at Reach Paramount. I don't know if you, you've noticed, but the past several months, uh, we have seen the altars just filled with new believers, people just dedicating their lives to, to the Lord. And, and I, just, I just felt like I needed to um, do a little bit of painting the fence. And um, before I get started, I just want to let you know, uh, Reach Paramount has some very strong core values that we, that we want to stand by, that we do stand by. And when you walk into the building, you'll see in the hallway that we have uh, several uh, boards on the wall or several pictures on the wall. And these are, these are some core values that we stand by. So we stand by reaching out, uh, define and align, life on life, grace and truth, and change is my friend, make room, and honor 360. And what I want to talk to you guys tonight is life on life. I want to talk about discipleship because of the new believers. I want to make sure they, they understand uh, who they are when they become a Christian and, and, and basically what God has called them to be. So uh, if you guys don't mind, is it okay if I preach this message today? So here... Here at Reach Church, we, we believe in discipleship. We're life on life. We believe in people getting saved, and uh, we believe that everybody here is called, and they can do their part in advancing the kingdom of God. What a time it is to be saved today, amen. What a time it is to be called a Christian, to be a light and a vessel to preach the gospel. We know there's a lot of wicked things going on in this world, and we need people to make a stand for God, amen. So... First, I want to let you guys know, um, as we believe in discipleship, we believe in developing leaders and empowering people to do God's will in their life. We model after Jesus Christ, who, who, who passed it on to their, his disciples, and the way he did it, he said, first, he called his disciples to come and see, and then he, he went to the next step and said, follow me, and then he taught them to deny themselves, and then finally, to come and enjoy the fulfillment of this life. And how he did it is, I do it, then we do it together, and then you do it, and we pass it on. And this has been going on since the disciples, uh, and, and even before the disciples, even in the Old Testament, about good discipleship. And there's a few uh, examples that we can look at in the Bible, and uh, a few of those great examples is we have uh, Moses and Joshua, and in Deuteronomy 34, 9, it says this, and Joshua, the son of Nun, was, was full of the spirit of wisdom, for Moses had laid hands on him. And then we all know Paul and Timothy. In 2 Timothy 2.2, it says this, And what you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses, entrust to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. So there's a few things that we, we look for in, in discipleship. A few things that we look for. One of them um, is being a fat Christian. Are there any fat Christians in the house today? Come on. Uh, what I mean is, is we look for faithful, 
available and teachable Christians. People that are willing to submit themselves under authority. And we have great leaders and great pastors here uh, that have been answering the call and following this walk with the Lord. And Pastor Omar alone has been uh, launching out, I think, over 34 churches. Uh, praise God for that, right? So that is the mission and that is the vision of our pastor. And we, 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 we back our pastor's vision, amen, to, to reach to restore and to release those to fulfill the calling in their life. Amen? So tonight, I want to talk about two people in the Old Testament. I want to talk about Elijah and Elisha. Amen? And, and if we look in 1 Kings 19, 19, and I'm just going to get a drink of water here. <clears throat> I'm going to read in, in 1 Corinthians 19, 19 through 21. And it says this, so Elijah went from there and found Elisha, son of Shaphat, who was plowing with 12 yoke of oxen, and he himself was driving the 12th pair. Elisha went up to him and threw his cloak around him. Elijah then left his oxen and ran after Elijah. Let me kiss my father and mother goodbye, he said, and then I will come to you. Go back, Elijah replied. What have I to do or what have I done to you? In verse 21, it says, So Elijah left him and went back. He took his yoke of oxen and slaughtered them. He burned the plowing equipment to cook the meat and gave it to the people, and they ate. Then he set out to follow Elijah and became his servant. Now, before I get into a few points that I want to point out, uh, I just want to let you guys know that Elijah was getting restored in a cave and the Holy Spirit fell upon him and God spoke to him in a whisper and he restored his life and he told him to find Elijah and I want you to make him uh, the, the next prophet. So this is Elijah finding Elisha and the very first thing that I want to notice or want to talk about here is when Elijah found Elisha, he was working and plowing the 12, of ox, 12 yokes of oxen. This shows that he came from a wealthy family. Uh, this shows that he was uh, a, a prestigious, uh, probably landowner. His family came from, from wealth. Um, it shows that, that if he made it the decision to follow Elijah, he would have to learn how to walk away from his comfortable lifestyle. You see, what I see here, and the reason why I know that um, Elisha um, um, owned the oxen is because he, in the very end, I'll get to the third topic, is he ended up slaughtering the oxen and serving it to the people around him. So we know that he owned them. If he was a hired hand, he wouldn't do that to his master's oxen. Amen. He wouldn't kill his master's oxen. So uh, we see that this man was, was from a wealthy family. And for him to follow Elijah, it would cost him financially. He would have to go or let go of what was, what was comfortable. And he had to let go of his wealth so he can answer the call. He was willing to let it go and answer that call. He didn't leave sorrowful like the rich young ruler in Matthew 19, 16. And we all know the story where uh, this, this young, rich young ruler went to Jesus and he said, how can I inherit the kingdom of God? And he went through all the steps and, and this rich young ruler says, I do all of that. So Jesus tells him, you, you lack one more thing. Sell all your possessions, give it to the poor and come and follow me. And because he had a lot of stuff because he had a lot of things. Uh, he was very sorrowful and he walked away because he didn't want to let go of his possessions. But in here, it's a different story. Elisha, he actually wanted to go and, and uh, tell his parents goodbye. But remember, God looks at the heart. So when the, when the, there's other um, 
verses that Jesus asks people to follow him. And, and, and they said, let me go kiss my mom and dad farewell. And uh, he told them, no, you need to follow me now. But in this verse right here, we see that God knows his heart and he really wants to genuinely say goodbye to his mom and dad. So I want to just encourage you guys in Proverbs eleven twenty eight, it says, whoever trusts in his riches will fall but the righteous will flourish like a green leaf. You see, this man was willing to let go of everything that he had, all of his possessions, to answer the call of God. He understood what it meant for the cloak to be thrown on him. He understood that it represented a powerful man of God. This cloak was made out of, out of animal's fur, and whoever wore it, wore it was a man of faith or a man of God, uh, was one that was close to the Lord. So by Elijah taking off his cloak and putting it over um, Elijah, it was a very big and powerful statement. But I do want to I, I also fall into this. You see, Elijah was working. He was working the fields. Even though he was wealthy, he was still helping the hired hand. Though he was wealthy, he wasn't irresponsible or lazy or letting someone else do the work. See, by him working, um, it helped him build character and gave him a good testimony for those around him. This didn't help him become a leader, or, but it is definitely leadership quality, qualities that he built, um, and it helped him have a faithfulness and loyalty to the people he worked for. He... Uh, here are some noble people in the Bible that were called uh, while they were working. Uh, Moses was pastoring the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law. David was tending sheep for his father. Peter was a fisherman. The Lord himself was a carpenter. So we see that God finds people that are already working. So I just want to encourage you guys, if you're 45 and you're living at mom's house and you don't have a job or you're working part-time, I'd say you got to start getting some things together if you want the favor of God to fall upon you. No, but all, all jokes aside, all jokes aside, why is God looking for people that work? God loves servants, amen? God loves people that are humble and, 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 and willing to work, and God can use that person to help build the kingdom. The Bible says that uh, the kingdom was built by tired people, amen? So if you're working hard, God is watching, God knows what you're doing. Again, God sent Elijah to find Elisha because I believe he knew his character, he knew his heart, he knew what kind of man he was. Even though he was wealthy, he was still on the field tending and helping the hired hand, Amen? The second thing I want to talk about is Elijah threw the cloak around him. Now, this was a symbol of authority. It was a repre representation of the gift of God's power over his life. The cloak is a symbol of power of the Holy Spirit. Now, I do want to let you guys know, um, in the Old Testament, um, the Holy Spirit basically was a part of clothing or some type of uh, something that you wore. So, uh, in the Old Testament, when they asked for the Holy Spirit to come upon them, it was, it was basically an outer garment. It was a, a symbol of something that you wore. For example, uh, when King David would go into battle or kings uh, would go into battle, they would ask the prophet to pray over them and anoint them with oil. And that represented the Holy Spirit that'll help them guide them in the battle. So um, I'm going to get that um, more into it on the end, but I just wanted to let you know in this time right now, this was a symbol, so the, the, the cloak or the mantle uh, was passed on to Elijah and thrown on him. So it represented the power and authority. And it also represented Elisha basically saying, I'm going to put you under my umbrella and you're going to be my disciple. So Elisha understood exactly what that meant. And then the third thing I want to talk about is Eli Elijah, when he decided to follow Eli um, Elisha, when he decided to follow Elijah, he burned the plowing equipment and cooked the meat and gave it to the people. Now, what I want to talk about here is this is the tool of his trade. 
So he ended up um, breaking down the wood that held the oxen together. He ended up sacrificing the oxen. He ended up um, having basically a barbecue, carne asada, and, and gave it to the entire family. Um, in essence, he, what he was doing is he was burning his old lifestyle away. Just think about that. He was basically letting go of his old self, the equipment that, that told him who he was or, or, or the lifestyle that he lived uh, while he was plowing the ground with these oxen. He was basically setting an altar to, to, to let go of the old man. And, and, and what I want to share is he was actually even breaking the bridge of him leaving to follow Elisha so he couldn't go back to his old way of life. And I want to ask you guys today, what is holding you back that is keeping you from going forward and following the will of God? What bridge do you need to burn down? What things do you need to burn down in your old lifestyle that is keeping you from stepping into your calling? Pastor Omar once said this in his sermon, in order to learn something new, you have to get rid of something old. That was a statement that Elijah made, and that was his old lifestyle and his old past, and he was ready for a new lifestyle. So I want to ask you guys that, and I want you guys to think about it. What are some things that you need to let go of? Is it some old relationships, some ungodly relationships? You know, Pastor Omar talked about the the little tiny sand in our shoes that can keep us from moving forward or answering the call of God. What are those tiny things that you need to burn off so you can fully commit to the work of the Lord? You see, God is looking for committed people. So that's why he looks for people that are working, because he knows that they're committed to their work, they'll be committed to the calling of God. So I wanted to ask you, do you want to be fully committed and fully surrendered to the power of God? Could it be an old relationship that keeps texting you at night? Is that something that you need to to get rid of? You need to block that number? You can do that now or you can block their number, right? And when you block a number, delete the number so you don't go back and text, amen? That's, that's burning the bridge, amen? Maybe you just got saved and you used to drink. Well, you got you to gotta delete all your old friends, the ungodly people that want to bring you back. Or, or maybe, maybe you, 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 you used to deal with drugs. You got you to gotta delete all those connections, amen? You got to delete all of that. You got to burn that stuff away from your old lifestyle. What is keeping you and drawing you back from following the, the, and, and completely giving God control of your life? You see, we got to think about this, and we got to learn how to understand. Could it, could it, could it be that, that you're a workaholic and you're always working overtime? Well, maybe you got to cut off some overtime and, and, and start allowing God to use you, amen? Um, um, maybe it, 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 it's, I, I don't know, you guys know what it is, right? So uh, teenagers, maybe you got you to gotta be the bigger influence, right? And you got to be a light in a vessel, and you need to walk away from certain things and certain arguments and certain stuff, and you got you to make sure that you don't go back to those places, amen? So I want to ask you guys again, what is it that you need to burn away? What is it that you need to let go of? What is it that is holding you back and drawing you back? Maybe it's some, some, some websites that you need to no longer go to, amen? Maybe, maybe you need to put a block on some websites, or maybe you need to confide in a brother and tell him, hey, I'm dealing with this website or that website, and I need you to monitor my, my phone for me, man, and, and keep me accountable so I don't go back to these places anymore. What is it that's keeping you from fully going forward for, for the will of God? And, and I just want to let you go, let you know that the moment you cut that off and you burn it, I'm going to let you know you're going to feel good about yourself. You're going to feel the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. You're going to be able to move and see clearer and have good vision. And you're going to allow the Holy Spirit to move uh, for you. Amen. And then I also wanted to get into 2 Kings chapter 2. And this is Elisha when he's taken up to heaven. And I do want to paraphrase. I'm going to start in verse 6. But before that, I just want to let you know Elisha is on his way 
he's gonna get caught up in a whirlwind. God's gonna call him home. But he wants to take a journey to Gilgal and he tells Elisha to stay back. But Elisha says, no, I'm going with you. And he goes on in verse four to say, well, now I need to go to Jericho. I need you to stay back. And the same thing happens. Elisha says, no, I'm gonna continue going with you. Then Elisha said to him, stay here in verse six. He says, then Elisha said to him, stay here. The Lord has sent me to the Jordan. And he replied, as surely as, surely as the Lord lives and as you live, I will not leave you. So the two of them walked on. 50 men from the company of the prophets went and stood at a distance facing the place where Elijah and Elisha had stopped at the Jordan. And Elisha took his cloak, rolled it up, and struck the water with it. The water divided to the right and to the left, and the two of them crossed over to the dry ground. And verse 9, it says this, When they had crossed, Elijah said to Elisha, Tell me, what can I do for you before I am taken from you? And he answered, Let me inherit a double portion of your spirit, Elisha replied. You have asked a difficult thing, Elisha said. Yet, if you see me when I am taken from you, it will be yours, otherwise it will not. As they were walking along and talking together, suddenly a chariot of fire and horses of fire appeared and separated the two of them. And Elisha went up to heaven in a whirlwind. Elisha saw this and cried out, my father, my father, the chariots and horsemen of Israel. And Elisha saw him no more. Then he took hold of his garment and he tore it in two. Elisha then picked up Elisha's cloak that had fallen from him and went back and stood on the bank of the Jordan. He took the cloak, he took the cloak that had fallen from Elijah and struck the water with it. Where, where now is the Lord, the God of Elisha, he asked. When he struck the water, it divided to the right and to the left, and he crossed over. A powerful, powerful, powerful verse of the Bible. You guys probably heard this before. Um, and uh, I just wanted to put, um, highlight a few points. In verse 9, he, t- he says this. Tell me what can I do for you before I'm taken from you? And he said, let me inherit a double portion of your spirit, Elijah replied. You see, I want to let you guys know, if you're coming in here and you have aspirations to be used by God, if you have vision and a dream to, to be called and, and to answer your calling, that's a good thing. Amen? That's, that, that's a great thing. And, and you're in the right church because we're about discipleship and we, we want to help you grow in your giftings. We want to help you grow in your callings. We want to help you get to where you feel God wants you to be. Amen? So I just want to encourage you that you came to the right place. But I also want, want to encourage you as well, don't get too ahead of yourself as well. Submit to your leaders, listen to them and obey. And I guarantee you, as you do that, you're going to see God grow in your life. But see, asking for a double portion was custom in Jewish culture, especially for the firstborn, because they would inherit a portion of the property that belonged to his father, not only a portion, but his belongings as well. But Elijah wasn't asking for something tangible or something he can hold on to. He wasn't asking for uh, some type of piece of land. He wasn't asking for uh, something that he can hold for profit. No, he knew what he was asking for. He was asking for the spirit of God. He wanted 
a double portion of God's spirit. And there's nothing wrong with asking for that, amen? You can't be greedy asking for more of God, amen? Uh, you can't be greedy by wanting to be filled with God's spirit. Um, and I just wanted to encourage you, continue asking. Continue asking God to fill you up. In 2 Timothy 1, 6, 1, 6, it says this, this is why I remind you to fan into flame the spiritual gift God gave you when, he, when, when I laid my hands on you. So there's nothing wrong with asking for more of God, amen? Um, and, and again, it's gonna help you um, and, and we wanna encourage you to grow in your calling. Um, in verse 10, it says this, that you have asked a difficult thing, Elijah said, yet if you see me, when I am taken from you, it will be yours. Otherwise, it will not. You see, a double portion of God's spirit is not his to give, but it's God's. So by him saying you have a difficult thing to ask, he's saying, it's not me that's giving it to you. And in fact, he's trying to teach him something. Just remember that you're not serving me, but you're serving God. And God's the one that called you. And I'm just trying to get you to the place where God wants you to be, amen? And, and he's telling you, don't count on me, but count on God. But I like how he says, but it may happen for you, amen? He's, he's still giving him hope. So this is Elisha having to step into his faith. This is Elijah saying, okay, if, if you're saying it can happen, then I'm gonna believe and I'm gonna continue looking and I'm gonna make sure I don't blink, amen? You see, um, I believe asking for a double portion uh, was more of... Um, by him saying that, um, that this is a difficult thing to ask, I believe he was also, also saying, you know that when you become a prophet and you want a double portion, you're gonna be used a lot more. You see, being called and being used by God, you have to understand that you're called to be a servant, to serve others. This isn't something that we do so we can be on a platform and preach a message and get hand service, amen? You see, I think he said the difficult thing you're asking, you want a double portion of God's anointing, well, you're gonna be used, amen? Pastor Rob was just saying, whenever there's a good person, uh, we're gonna continue using them because a good horse gets ridden, right? So this is Elijah telling him, Elisha, you're asking for a double portion. Well, if you want this double portion, I just want to let you know you're going you're gonna to be used a lot more. Amen? You're, you're going to have to learn how to surrender and trust God. Amen? You're going to have to learn how to serve the people. You're going to have to learn how to, how to go out of your way. You're going to lose time. You're going you're gonna to lose time, uh, your personal time, to be helping other people. And we know that Elijah, when he passed, when he left with the Lord, Elisha actually ended up getting a double portion and doing double of Elijah's miracles, amen? So he was a man of faith and he was used by God, so we can give him a clap for that, amen? So just know, when you wanna be used by God, that you have to learn how to totally surrender and learn how to be a servant to others. You have to learn how to serve others and encourage them and uplift them and pray for them and visit them at their home and, and pray for their home, amen? You have to be willing to, to go out of your way to help other people. Be willing to go out of your way and, and not looking for people to serve you, but looking for who you can serve, amen? And Matthew 20, 28 says this, even the son of man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. In John 12, 26, it says this, if anyone serves me, he must follow me. And where I am, there will my servant be also. If anyone serves me, my father will honor him. 
So just know, I wanted to put this in here, just know when you serve others, you're honoring God, you're glorifying God. That's the nature of, the, of our Lord, amen? Serving others, laying down your life for other people so they can receive the gospel, so they can be filled with the Holy Spirit, amen? So if you want a double portion uh, of the anointing of God, just know you're gonna be used a lot more, amen? So keep yourself a fat Christian, faithful, available, and teachable. And I guarantee you, the more you open up, the more God will use you and the more you're gonna be serving, amen? In verse 14, he took the cloak that he had fallen from Elisha and he struck the water with it. Where now is the Lord, the God of Elisha, he asked. When he struck the water, it divided to the right and to the left and he crossed over. And, and I like this double verse in verse 14 because uh, there's something that Pastor Omar preached a while back to his leaders, he says, I do, we do, and you do. Just like, just like Jesus and his disciples, you're gonna watch me do it first, right? Then we're gonna do it together, and then you're gonna do it. So we know in the beginning of the passage, Elijah struck the water of the Jordan and the water separated. But now we see Elisha, he picked up the mantle. He picked up the presence of God. He picked up the anointing, amen. He picked up the oil. He picked up that garment and he picked up the mantle, amen. And he says, now that I have this mantle, I know what's required. I know I need to be a servant. I wanna be used, Lord, and I'm gonna call on to you. Says the, the God of Elisha, where are you? And he struck the waters and the waters opened, amen. You see, discipleship sometimes isn't we're gonna be in a desk and we're gonna read the Bible for two hours together and, and we're gonna drink coffee, we're gonna have fun. You know, that, that, that's not it. Sometimes it, it's more, it's caught and not taught, amen? You have to open up your eyes and you gotta see. I remember when I first came into this church, they gave me the mic and said, you're gonna pray up there. Just, uh, just like Fabian did today. I remember I was so nervous. I was like, I'm not going up there and praying. But that's where it started. It starts with prayer. You see, it starts in the prayer room. You see, you, we, we, gotta, we gotta make ourselves available. We gotta know where we're going. But it starts by watching watching others, watching your leaders. Where are your leaders? Are they, are they in the prayer room? Why aren't you in there with them, amen? You gotta be in there with them. Are they serving outside in the parking lot? You need to be there with your leaders instead of coming in and wanting to be served. Listen, if you wanna come in as a visitor, we're gonna treat you like a visitor. You want a cup of coffee, you can sit down and have a cup of coffee. We'll greet you and say hello, and then you're gonna ask your neighbor, like, why aren't I being used? This is because you need to get up and you, start, you need to start asking, where can I be used, amen? You need to start saying, where is there a need? You know, we gotta stop coming in. Well, well, I work, I work early in the morning on Thursday, so I'm not gonna make it to midweek service. Uh-oh. You know, you, know, you gotta be available, amen? And, and, and you gotta be willing to go to, to, to um, our, our Bible, our, our connect group nights on Fridays, and that's where truly the, the connection is made and where you learn how to preach a message, where you learn how to share a testimony, where you learn how to, how to use the word of God when, when your leader asks you, hey, I need you to share five minutes, and, and, and that's, that's where you start growing. And you see, and I love this scripture, how Elisha, seeing Elijah, get the mantle and strike the ground. And he called, he says, the God of Elisha, where are you? And, and guess what? He did it and God moved in a mighty way. You see, I do, we do, you do. And we gotta put it into practice, amen? See, the waters dividing also reminds me of Moses when he led God's people out of Egypt. You see, by Elisha striking the ground and opening up the waters, it's basically letting him know that he's stepping into a new season. 
Okay, so he already got rid of his old way of life. He already burned, you know, the wood that, that held the oxen. He already had a feast to say goodbye to his mother and father. He already had a, a, a party to say, say goodbye to the, the community. He learned how to be a giver, amen, because he could have probably sold those oxen on his journey, but instead he decided to chop it up and serve it to everybody. You see, I, I want you to know that when, when, when you're ready to give it all, God's going to use you in a mighty way, amen? And Elisha came to that place, and, and he says, I'm ready for you, Lord. And the Holy Spirit allowed him to separate the waters, amen? And because of that, he's coming out of his old way of life and walking into a new way of life. And earlier, I said today that the past several months, there has been lives being changed right here at the altar. And I want to remind you what Moses represents when the waters in, in the Red Sea separated was the children of God leaving Egypt. They were slaves in Egypt. Amen. They were bound. They were broken. Uh, they, they were, they were uh, uh, beat up and disgusted. And Moses took them out of there. And when, they, when the waters parted, they're going into freedom. Amen. Into, they're walking towards the promised land. And I want to let you know, if you've been saved recently, God has a new way of life for you. You're no longer the same. You have been set free from, from bondage. You have been set free from the things that you've been dealing with. And God is letting you know, I'm bringing you into a new season. So don't worry. You continue serving. You continue being available. I got you and I'm going to take care of you. Amen. In 2 Corinthians 5, 17, it says this. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ Jesus, he is a new creation. The old has passed away and behold, the new has come. And this is exactly what, it, what, what I see when I read uh, Elisha parting the waters for the first time. His first miracle when he grabbed that mantle, he was able to part the Jordan waters and cross over. And I want to let you know there's a new season coming for you. Amen. A new season of blessings, a new season of restoration, a new season of just God pouring out his love on you. But you, got, you have to be willing and ready to step into that season. Amen. You can't be holding back to your old way of life and keep on looking back at Egypt. You gotta understand that you've already left Egypt and God has a better plan for you. God has a better place for you and he wants to use you for his glory, amen? Are you guys enjoying this? First yeah. <clears throat> Corinthians six nineteen says this, or do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom, you've, um, whom you have from God? You are no longer your own. And earlier, I wanted to talk to you guys a little bit about the cloak and the Spirit of God falling upon people. You see, the mentality in the Old Testament was you had to wear a certain garment or you had to be at a certain place to be in the Spirit. Amen? But what Jesus did on the cross for us, what Jesus did, he gave his life up as a ransom so that we can be saved. You see, he torn the veil where we no longer have to go to a certain place to fill the Holy Spirit. No longer is the Holy Spirit something that comes upon us, but it's a, 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 a dwelling inside of us, amen? So now we can allow the Holy Spirit, once we become born again, once we become uh, uh, saved, the Holy Spirit will come inside of us, but he just doesn't want to come and visit. He wants to live and dwell in you forever, amen? So we got to be willing to 
open up our life and allow him to come in. We're no longer asking for the Holy Spirit to come upon us. We're no longer asking like Elisha, looking for the mantle that represents the Spirit of God. We're no longer looking for a certain garment or going to a certain place, a temple to, to worship the Lord. We can actually worship God here where two or more are gathered. He is here in the midst and his presence can fall upon you now. And I just want you to get ready because God is going to move in your life. Amen. Because of what Christ did dying on that cross and rising on the third day, we now have access. Our life is a dwelling place for God to fall upon us. And, and I wanted to do a simple illustration here. Very simple. And I want you guys to picture ordering a pizza. Can you guys do that? Just pretend you're ordering a pizza, right? You're ordering a pizza. Uh, super simple. Look at that pizza right there. So, but uh, imagine you're waiting for your pizza 30 minutes or it's free, right? Remember that? that? <clears throat> now, now, I saw this from uh, Jensen Franklin years ago. It was an illustration that he did, I think in 2014. But anyways, it's a very powerful illustration. But uh, just think about this. The pizza delivery man comes to your door and he, he's holding your pizza, but it's, it's in his hand. And, and, and you open the door waiting for that hot pepperoni pizza. Or, or what about the, the pastrami pizza from uh, the Pizza Co. company down the street? But anyways, imagine, you know, your mouth is watering. And then you answer the door and you have this, this pizza man. He's holding your pizza. And, 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 and cheese is coming down right here. And he's trying to, he's trying to grab his hands and pick up the, the pepperoni and, and, and the pastrami and put it back on. You're going to be like, what the heck is going on? You don't even know where this guy's hands are, right? You're going to be like, I don't know where his hands been. Why is his hands all over my pizza? What's the first thing you're going to ask? Where is the box? Where is the box? Now, now I want to let you guys know, this box right here, this pizza box probably costs about 39 cents to open. It's not very valuable. It doesn't really have a, a, a good showing. It's just made out of cardboard. It's very inexpensive and it's very cheap. But I want to let you guys know, it has a purpose, amen? That purpose is to hold your pizza that you're waiting for, right? But, but, but what I want to share with you guys is the pizza box doesn't validate the pizza. The pizza that's inside of the box validates the purpose of the box. Are you, are you guys understanding what, where I'm going with this? You see, too many times we're, we're, we're telling people our resume and, and who we are as a Christian and, and who discipled us and, and who our parents were and, and where we come from. And I used to do this and I used to do that. And, and, and God is trying to tell us, I need you to be empty when you come to me. I don't care about your title. I don't care about where you've been. I don't care about you know who discipled you or what. All you got to be is available and you got to be empty like this box and you got to be clean. Amen. And the Holy Spirit can come inside of you and it's the Holy Spirit that's going to validate who you are just like this pizza will validate who this box is. Listen, you don't have to be fancy. You don't have to have a lot of money. You don't have to look good. God can use anybody as long as you're available and if you're clean and if you're empty. Amen. God is looking for empty vessels that he can use so he can, he can be glorified through you. Amen. Now listen, you got to understand the value is the, the, the Holy Spirit inside of you. You don't validate the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit validates you. You're a born-again Christian. Walk in his power. Walk in his authority. Walk in his anointing. You're going to see the fruits will determine who you are. Amen? Too many times people come in and they say, well, I'm, I'm spirit-led. 
but they have no fruit. They've been coming, but there's, they want to take other people's fruit. Well, I want to pray for this person. I want to pray for that person. Listen, I get it. You got gifting. That's, that's great. We want to help you in your giftings. But first, you need to learn how to obey first. Amen? You need to learn how to, you need to, learn how to surrender to your leaders. How can God use you if you can't surrender to the people in the house of God? Amen? Listen, all we have to do is be empty and be available. Are there any, any empty people in here tonight? Can God use you tonight? Listen, listen to what it says here in 2 Timothy 2.20. Now, sorry, I lost my breath right here. <clears throat> now, in a great house, there are not only vessels of gold and silver, but also of wood and clay, some for honorable use, some for dishonorable. Therefore, if anyone cleanses himself, from what is dishonorable, he will be a vessel for honorable use, set apart as holy, useful to the master of the house, ready for every good work. Listen, I, I don't know what, uh, what, what you need me to explain here, but it says that anything that is dishonorable, get rid of, okay? Anything that, that, that is unclean, get it out of your life. Anything that, 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 that you're dealing with that is not of God, you know what it is. It could be drugs, it could be alcohol, it could be vaping, it could, whatever it is. It could be drinking, um, it could be pornography, whatever it is. Get rid of it. God can't use you unless you get rid of that stuff. You see, you gotta come to God and you gotta come clean, amen? Now, now if you're a new believer here, when you come to Christ, you, you, you're a new creation, you're cleansed right away, amen? Uh, I, I, I'm expressing this to other people that think it's okay to do certain things and it's okay to live a certain lifestyle. It's okay to, to have one foot in the world and, and, and one foot in church. No, 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 no. God can't use you like that. You need to pick a side. Choose who your master is today, amen? You're either gonna serve God or you're gonna serve the world, but you can't serve both of them. So I'm telling you tonight, we need to get rid of all the dishonorable stuff, all the stuff that isn't godly. We need to uh, uh, cling to those that are godly, amen? We need to pursue uh, righteousness and holiness. We need to get rid of uh, certain things. In verse 22, it says this, so flee youthful passions and pursue righteousness, righteousness, faith, love, and peace, along with those who call on the Lord from a pure heart. Amen? Listen, you want to pray for people? Get clean first. Amen? You, 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 you want to serve the church? We have a place for you. There's a harvest festival coming up October 28th, okay? Once you come here, you belong, amen? And you want to be used by God? We have places where you can be used. And, and Ashley, where are you at? There's Ashley here. She'll be in the hallway. If you want to sign up for the harvest festival, if, you're, if, you're, if you just got saved and, and you've been coming for a couple of weeks, we can use you on October 28th. It's a Saturday. You're going to have a good time, amen? So, so I, I just want to let you guys know, as you start serving, God's going to start cleaning you up. God's going to start taking those worldly desires away, and he's going to start giving you uh, uh, desires that, that are pure and passionate, and, and things that God wants you, wants you to be filled with, with love and peace and faith, and, and he's going to use you in a mighty, mighty, mighty way. And what I see here time and time again is I see people getting saved. If I could have the, the worship team come up, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to close. Are you guys enjoying this? I feel like I have so much more that I missed, but it's okay. We're good. We're on good time. We need to be more like this box. We need to be empty. Amen? And, and, and there is a move of God in here. And this doesn't happen everywhere. And we're blessed that it's happening here. 
And, and I want to encourage you to continue coming because God has a purpose in your life. But I talked about being fruitful and wanting to be used. There's people who get saved, they wanna be used right away. And that's a great thing. We wanna encourage you to continue wanting that desire. But we, 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 gotta, we, gotta, we gotta help you uh, 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 with the Holy Spirit and God removing some things in your life, amen? And we wanna help you so God can build you up, amen? And, and Pastor Omar says this, a faith that hasn't been tested cannot be trusted. There's some seasons you need to go through uh, uh, be, before you go up to the next level, amen? Are you, are you guys getting me here? So, so what I wanted to tell you guys is the first thing that you can do is be a testimony. There's, there's scriptures in the Bible over and over and over again where God, Jesus is just saving people and he tells them, no, you can't come with me, but go and tell everybody what I've done for you. Go and tell people what I've done for you. Uh, the, the man that, the, uh, of Legion, he, he dealt with 2,000 spirits in his mind. God healed him. He came to his right mind. He wanted to jump on Jesus' boat. He says, no, no, no. I need you to go here and there and tell everybody what I've done for you. You see, what you can do now right away is be a light and be a vessel. You see, God is moving in this place and lives are getting changed and lives, lives are being restored and God is using those that are coming up here and that are empty, amen? And, and I, wanna, I wanna talk about a verse in, in, in chapter four, um, verse one. It's Elisha, he's doing a miracle for this widow woman. And, and, and in verse, verse one, it says, now the wife of one of the sons of the prophets, this is in Second uh, Kings chapter four. Now the wife of... One of the sons of the prophets cried to Elisha, your servant, my husband is dead, and you know that your servant feared the Lord, but the creditor has come to take my two children to be his slaves. And Elisha said to her, what shall I do for you? Tell me, what have you in the house? And she said, your servant has nothing in the house except a jar of oil. Then he said, go outside, Borrow vessels from all of your neighbors, empty vessels, and not too few. Then go and shut the door behind yourself and your sons and pour it into all these vessels. And when one is full, set it aside. So she went from him and shut the door behind herself and her sons. And as she poured, they brought the vessels to her. When the vessels were full, she said to her son, bring me another vessel. And he said to her, there is not another then the oil stopped flowing. She came and told the man of God, and he said, go sell the oil and pay your debts, and you and your sons can live on the rest. Now, now what, what this reminds me of is kind of like a setting of what God is doing in this house and at these altars. Amen? You see, the, the Holy Spirit is, is the oil, and, and, and this woman is, is looking for empty vessels, and, and, and it says that Elisha said, go borrow some vessels. Amen? So, so if you want to move in the kingdom of God, I'm telling you today, go out there and look for people that need to hear the word of God. Go borrow some people and tell them what God has done for you. You see, in the beginning, uh, Jesus called his disciples, come and see. So what you need to do is you need to find empty vessels, people that have no hope, people that have no drive, people that are busted and disgusted. You see, God can give them a hope. God has a word for them to change their life. If you want to do something for the kingdom of God, 
Go and find empty vessels. Go and borrow empty vessels. You're going to see that you're going to start bringing in fruit. You're going to have fruit all around you. You're going to see people are going to cling to you. Why? Because you're filled with God's presence. And when you bring one vessel, the Holy Spirit's going to overflow in him. And it's going to pour into the next vessel. And it's going to pour into the next vessel. See, the, the, the story said that, that when there was no more vessels, the oil stopped running. And I am blessed every, every Wednesday, every Sunday, that there are people getting saved, that there's empty vessels coming into this house. And God is changing their lives and God's restoring people. But what's going to happen when there's no more empty vessels? Is the move of God going to stop? Is the Holy Spirit going to stop flowing? You see, we have something on our life that needs to be given to this world. Amen. The Bible says that we are a light for this wicked world. That we are the salt of the earth. You see, our world is decaying. And if we're the salt, we're called to save the earth. You see, there's lives being broken. There's marriages just, just on the rocks of divorce. There's people that are that are beaten down every single day and they need to hear the gospel. There's empty people out there. They're not flashy. They're quiet. They're addicted. They don't want to tell nobody their problems. They're suicidal. They're broken. They're depressed. There are people like me and you, but once we heard the gospel, we understood that God can change any life. God is looking for people that he can use. And I'm going to talk to leaders here too. We've been coming to church for a long time. We've been coming for five years, 10 years, 15 years. Never get to a point where you feel entitled. Like this seat belongs to me. This row is mine. I deserve this. I deserve that. You need to come and understand that you need to be an empty vessel because you're nothing without the Holy Spirit. We need to get out of ourselves. We need to get out of our, 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 our own wicked ways, our pridefulness. God resists those that are prideful, amen? He resists the prideful. We got to stop thinking we're something when we're nobody. It's because of the Holy Spirit. It's because of what Jesus did in our life that got us saved. Why? Because when we came broken, we came empty. And I want to encourage you guys. There's empty vessels out there. Your neighbors, there's empty vessels at your work. There's empty vessels on the street where you get a cup of coffee. There's empty vessels. And God wants to use you to overflow in their life. But he can't use you if you're full of pride. He can't use you if you're full of titles. He can't use you if you feel like you're something that you're not. You see, we need to learn how to get rid of some stuff. God, I got to get rid of this ungodly behavior. God, I got to stop thinking that I'm something. God, I am nothing without you. I need your presence. For the past two days, I've been praying for God to just to empty me and refill me again. For the past two days, I've been praying, God, just, just renew a right spirit in me. I don't want to feel entitled. I don't want to live like, hey, I'm so-and-so. I don't want to be like this. This is what I deserve here because I don't deserve any of it. Jesus didn't deserve the cross, but he paid the price anyways. Why? So we can have life and have life more abundantly. And I want to encourage you guys that we can't stop the move of God. We got to continue pressing out there. We got to continue telling people about the love of Christ. We got to continue telling people that there is a hope for you. That God can change you. That God can deliver you. He can break those chains, those things that you deal with. God is moving and reach paramount. And I don't want to get to the point where there's no more empty vessels. Man, God is so good.
if we all can just go ahead and buy our Thanks so much for listening to this message from Reach Church Paramount. To stay connected with us, follow us on Instagram or Facebook at Reach Paramount. To give and support this podcast and ministry, visit our website at reachparamount.com slash give.